High school ministry, how we doing? What's up? It's good to see you. Thanks for being here this afternoon. Uh, how many of you are here this morning for Adventure Week Sunday? Got to have some fun in big church. That was awesome. Raise your hand if you're serving this week at Adventure Week in some capacity. Fantastic. It's going to be a great week. I encourage you, even if you're not serving, be praying. We are excited at the idea of some children drawing close to God. We're really, really excited about that. I do want to tell you right out of the gate, uh, we will not be gathering next Sunday. So next Sunday is Father's Day. If you did not know that, shout out to all the dads. Uh, if you are fortunate enough to still have your father, uh, get him a card or a tape measure. Or I don't know, whatever dads get for Father's Day. Uh, if you have a father-like figure in your life, somebody that you can honor, someone who's played that role for you, uh, be sure to reach out to them. But we will not be here uh, we will be at home with our families. So, uh, that being said, we're in the second week of our series, How To. Uh, we want to be practical. We want to figure out how to do some of these things. Last week we talked about how to... That's a very discouraging sign for a communicator. I was like, yeah, last week I got up and said these things. and no one. Last week we talked about how to connect. Who said it? All right, right here in the front. I got two, I got two. Uh, we talked about how to connect. We looked at the early church. Hey, maybe you weren't here. Okay, it's fine. Uh, or maybe you've got summer brain. I don't know. Acts 2, if you want to go read about the early church, starting in verse 42, and specifically verse 42, talked about the early church doing several things, that they, they went to church together. They committed to learning the scriptures together. Uh, they had fellowship, which means they just hung out. Uh, they shared meals together, and they prayed together. So it's kind of a natural segue if the early church was praying together. Tonight we need to talk about how to pray. Raise your hand if you know how to pray. Uh, oh, <laughs> Not only did very few hands go up, there were also a lot of like, eh, maybe? like <laughs> That's a little sad to me. But tonight we will hopefully teach you how to pray. And right out of the gate, hear me. There's no one-size-fits-all you know, formula. We, we can talk through some different methods uh, but as we get into it tonight, I thought I would show you a clip that may teach us a little something about prayer. Let's check this out. Father, please hear our prayer for the poor. Thank you, Father, yes. We beseech you for the disenfranchised, the less fortunate, and those that suffer. Yes. Show us your will so we can continue to do your work. Yes, yes. Father, thank you. I call to answer your prayer. Listen carefully to my instructions. I want you to sell everything you own and immediately begin service to the poor. Just want to clarify, um, to everything? Yes. Rid yourself of all earthly possessions. This house is haunted! Ah, I see what they did there. That's from Key and Peel. Y'all remember that show, Key and Peel? Yeah, yeah. Lives on forever on YouTube. So, it's a silly clip, but here's the deal. If you start praying, and many of you don't know how to pray, I guess, based on the lack of hands going up, 
When you pray, I believe God can answer and move in big ways. So when you start praying, don't be surprised if God shows up and says some things or does some things that potentially make you a little bit uncomfortable. I know I'm really making it seem enticing, but uh, we should pray. This is something that Jesus expected of us. But why do we pray? Outside of the fact that God says we should, why? Why do we pray? If you can't answer that question, then like, what are we doing? Why should we pray? Someone tell me, not a rhetorical question. Build a relationship with God. That's a good answer. Why else? Right here. For clarity. I like that. Yeah. Grow closer to him. Yeah. To get to know God. Okay. Praying to maybe know our next step. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Sean. To give thanks. That's good. He stole yours. I'm really sorry. I, I, I debated who to go to first. Yeah. Maybe you just need someone to talk to. These are all good reasons. I would tell you, uh, I think that, that we pray because it's a faith exercise. Think about this. When you pray and you tell God something that's going on in your life, does he already know or is he surprised? He already, he already knows. So why are we telling him? Isn't it a faith exercise for you? Like if God already knows what's going on, you're not breaking news to him. But it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to exercise and grow your faith, to go to God, to be disciplined to go to him instead of running to the lunch table at school or just to your friends or just to your family. And those aren't bad places to go. But when you've got stuff going on, like, do you want to tell God? You know that person who, like, right now, if something really bad in your life happened, you'd call them. You know who that is. Or if something great happened, you know the first person you'd probably text because you actually don't really use your phones as phones. It's funny. But you know who you would contact immediately. Is God at the top of that list for either scenario, something really good or something really bad? Maybe when things are really bad, we're like, oh, God, all right, I need you. Let me rub my Bible like a lamp and you can come and help me because he's some kind of genie. No. Prayer is a faith exercise. It shows that we trust God. And I said earlier, there's not a one-size-fits-all. But if there was, it would be Matthew 6, 5 through 13. This is where Jesus taught us to pray. You can turn there if you've got... Your Bibles, so you can scroll there if you're an electronic person. Matthew 6, 5 through 13 is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. I think better titled the Disciples' Prayer because the Lord is teaching the disciples how to pray, which is what we're covering tonight. So Matthew 6, uh, we'll just kind of go verse by verse and we'll walk through it. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, says, When you pray, don't be like hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Your prayer shouldn't be a public spectacle. It's not bad to pray in public. Like If you go sit out and have some dinner tonight, it's cool for you to pray before you have your meal. Like That's not bad. You're not making a spectacle, I hope. But in Jesus' day, it was considered like, look how spiritual this person is. If they could just be loud and be visible. That's not necessarily what you need to do. He says, go away by yourself. Pray in private. Now, we saw last week, and I recapped it. Like, it's good to pray together as well. And you'll have an opportunity to do that tonight in your small groups. But if the only time you ever pray is at church with other Christians, i got to believe your walk with Christ is not strong. Like, you need to talk to him on your own. So take some time to do that. He continues, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating 
their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him again. God already knows. You're not breaking news to him. It's not about a magic incantation or the right combination of words or being able to say a bunch of holy stuff. That's not what it is. God already knows what's going on in your life. You just, you're talking to him. And this kind of gets to the crux of things. Now, this is the NLT, which we use here at Brookwood. If you've ever played sports and you've chanted this before a game, like this is somehow going to grant victory to your team, you probably know the Our Father who art in heaven. But I'll read it to you here in the NLT. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one so this starts out by acknowledging who god is father in heaven talking about how he's holy how he's righteous how he's set apart that's a good place to start your prayer like you've got a note section in your handout you could jot down that this is this is the place to go if the only prayer you ever pray is just these verses that's not bad It's a good thing. Just start here. I have no idea what to pray. Pray this. Pray through Scripture. You can go pray through the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are just prayers. Praying Scripture is always good. Verse 10 talks about your kingdom coming. What does that mean? That's a church phrase. We sing songs about this. What does it mean for God's kingdom to come? Y'all are killing me. I'm so worried. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah, you. Say it again, a little bit louder. His kingdom coming to earth, okay. A little bit more, what what does it mean? What does it mean for God's kingdom to come and be here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What is God's kingdom like? Say it again. Heaven, okay, what's heaven like? It's peaceful, it's good. Say it again. Yeah. I say this with love. The fact that we're so tentative about this means that maybe we need to push in and understand the kingdom a little bit better. Where there's a kingdom, there's a king. A castle, that's good too. I like that. (laughs) There's probably a castle. There's a king. And in a kingdom, the king is in charge and gets to call the shots. And so when we pray that, God, your kingdom come, it means may things come more fully under your lordship and your authority. So when you pray that prayer, Don't pray that for somebody else to start, God, I wish they would just get their life in line. Start with yourself. Can you look in a mirror and pray to God and say, God, may your kingdom come and start with me? Or do you do like a lot of us do, which is you just kind of call your own shots and you sprinkle a little Jesus on top because you don't want to go to hell. This concept of God's kingdom coming, it's, it's important. Jesus wouldn't have included it if it wasn't. He even goes on, he gives you the hint, really, in the next piece there. He says, may your will be done on earth. So what God would have done, let's do that instead of maybe what you or I want to have done. And the more you follow Jesus, I think I can say this with some authority. I've been following him for half my life. The more I follow Jesus, the more I feel like the things I want line up with what God wants. When you're first starting out with Jesus, you still probably want a lot of things that maybe aren't in line with Scripture. But we want to seek God's kingdom and seek his will and his way. He goes on and prays about bread. What's that about? Somebody tell me. The body, okay. 
Say that again louder. Nailed it. That was awesome. Yeah, this, this idea of giving us uh, the food we need, the bread we need, stuff that we need. You need things to survive. And it's not bad to pray and ask God for those things. Now, if you're asking God for like a brand new car or a cute boyfriend or girlfriend, like you don't need those things. I'm not saying those are bad things, but I challenge you, pray for the things that you need, the things that your family needs. And that's okay. I think God meets our needs. And then in verse 12, it talks about forgiveness, forgiving us of our sins as we forgive other people. The reason some of us in this room struggle to pray is because we're living in unforgiveness. Like there are people in your life you refuse to forgive and it's causing separation in that relationship and it's causing you to run from God because you know if you get close to God, he's going to tell you you need to forgive them. And some of us, that's our step tonight. We just need to forgive somebody. We need to start praying for them. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. And he talks about not yielding to temptation but rescuing us from the evil one. I pray this over you every week. It's hard to be you. I know you probably have heard people say, oh, it's so easy to be a kid these days. It's not. You have so much opportunity at your fingertips. And so something I pray over you, many of you by name, is that God would protect you from temptation, that he would guide you, that he would protect you, that he would keep you safe. And I can't, you know, safety is one of those things in our world today. It's, that's a touchy subject, but, but I pray selfishly that God would will keep you safe. So you've got a handout. I'm going to give you a couple kind of quick pieces because I told you at the beginning of the series the goal is for you to be able to walk away and do something with what we're talking about. So for prayer, on your handout, number one, intentional. Write the word intentional. This really applies to your relationship with Christ. You're not going to fall backwards into a better relationship with Jesus. It's going to require some intentionality on your part. You could have great parents who love Jesus, a great small group leader. You could have all the pastors in the world at this church who love you and pray for you. If you do not have some intentionality to pursue Christ, you're not going to get where you want to be, and you're constantly going to be frustrated. I don't know why I'm not closer to Jesus than I am. You're just kind of loosey-goosey going with it. You're not having any intentionality. So what do I mean with being intentional in prayer? Set a time. Most of us have a device something like this. A phone or a watch, set a timer. The person who does this the best in the world that I know is Chris Birch, our middle school pastor. That dude has an alarm that goes off at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. It doesn't matter what you're doing. At 10 o'clock, he'll be like, prayer time. Hey, how can I pray for you? And he'll stop what he's doing and just pray. There's nothing hyper-spiritual about that. That dude is just practical. He's being intentional. Try that. Maybe set a timer and go, when this thing goes off, I'm going to pray. And I'll pray with whoever I'm with. That's a, good, that's a good tip. Be intentional. Decide you're going to do it. You can set aside a specific time. This passage talked about going away in private to your prayer closet. You can do that. You could, I, when I was younger, I literally would go into my closet. Or you could just pick a time and say, every day I'm going to pray this time. You can repurpose some time. For me, I pray when I'm running. There's nothing else I can, I mean, I'm not doing anything. My body's on autopilot. I'll pray. Or when I'm taking a shower. Listen, I've been taking showers a long time. It doesn't require deep concentration. It's a good time for me to pray. Or while I'm driving, I'm praying. Mostly that I would not die in the Greenville traffic. But also just, I pray for things. Find a time that works for you. And be intentional to pray. Number two, prayer can be continuous. Continuous. Let's say you leave here, you're like, I'm going to pray every morning before my feet hit the ground, before I get out of bed. Love that. Think that's great, okay? 
6.55, your feet are about to hit the ground. You're like, all right, let me pray. Blah, 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 blah. Amen. And then you don't think about God the rest of the day. You don't pray. You don't talk to him. The Bible actually says, very easy verse to memorize, never stop praying. So you pray about some stuff first thing in the morning. Maybe you stop and pray for your breakfast. Maybe you do almost get into a wreck on the road. You pray. Maybe you get to where you're going. You've got a situation. You pray. It doesn't have to be this huge, grandiose thing. You can just continuously talk to God. Amen does not mean goodbye. Does anybody know what amen means? Let it be so. So just keep praying. Pray throughout the day. It doesn't have to be this novel. You could just be like, God, I'm struggling right now. That's a prayer he understands. And again, he already knows that. It's mostly a faith exercise for you. Just keep praying throughout the day. It's continuous. Don't stop. Don't stop. Have you ever been in a relationship? It's like new and it's fun. It's exciting. And you don't want to be the one to hang up. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. I still hear you breathing. You're still there. No, you hang up. Okay, goodbye. Are you still there? Maybe, maybe y'all don't do that anymore because, again, you, you mostly text. But that's something that some of us older folks used to do. You don't have to hang up. Just keep talking to God. God never goes away and stops listening. He's there. You can continuously talk to him. The last thing I would say for you is prayer's a conversation. Prayer's a conversation. I mean a couple things by this. One, it, it doesn't have to be this huge formal to-do. You don't always have to get down on your knees and lay flat on the ground you're just having a talk, like if, if your friend was like, hey, what's up? And they just like laid on the ground all the time to talk to you, it might be weird. Now, it's a reverent thing. It's a respectful thing. Yes. And I'm not saying don't do that. It's good. But it is also just a conversation. Like you're just talking to God. You don't have to speak in King James English. You don't have to sound like Shakespeare. You can just talk. God created language. Who made mouths? He asked Moses. Well, he did. So just talk. And the other thing is, any good conversation has two participants. Now, some of us in this room, and this is me, we tend to dominate conversations. We're very one-sided. Sometimes we just need to stop talking and listen. So if you're going to God saying, God, help me. God, speak to me. God, be with me. Do you make any time to just shut your mouth and listen? Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly, but some of us need to. I don't know why I don't ever hear from God. You don't stop long enough to listen. That should be part of your prayer life. I'll give you a couple models to look at. We've talked about this one before. This is the ACTS model. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You can walk through this. You can start by just telling God how awesome he is. Confessing any sin that you've got going on. Thanking him for what he's done and then asking him for what you need. You can do that. You can try this. Three words. They all start with the letter A. How Baptist of us. Adore God for who he is, admit the things you've done wrong, ask him for what you need. Again, there's not a one-size-fits-all. You can go and pray through what we saw in the Sermon on the Mount. You can do one of these things. What I want to do with the last little bit of time we have together is put into practice what we've just talked about. So we're going to pray together right where we are. So you can put all your stuff down, you can get comfortable, you can settle in, and we're just going to pray. You're like, this is going to be rough. No, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to ask you to come up and pray in front of everybody. I know that can be awkward or weird. We're just going to pray. And I've got some prayer prompts that we're going to walk through, some things just for us to pray over together. Maybe you're like, ah, I'm really new to this prayer thing. 
do this with me. Let's just try this together. I think I've got six or seven of these. When we get to the fifth or sixth one, Jacob, the band can start coming in just a few minutes and we'll close out with a song. But I'm going to open us in prayer for each one of these. And I'll just give you maybe 30 seconds of silence. And you just pray. Just talk to God and think about these things, okay? God, we commit this time to you. Be with us. Our first prompt is that God will be glorified. Father, show us how we can bring you much glory. God, we pray now that the lost would be found, that those who are far from you would be drawn near. forgiveness. God, forgive us of our sins and help us to forgive others who have sinned against us. God, for our friends and our families, God, you know every situation. Let's just pray now for those people. Jesus, you also told, told us to pray for our enemies. And so, God, for whoever has become an enemy in our hearts, God, we lift them to you now.
God, we pray for Brookwood Church. God, we pray for your church around the world. But God, we pray now and this time specifically for this, our church, that you would move in and through us. God, you tell us in your word to pray for our leaders. So for the leaders of our country, God, for our state, our city, for the leaders around the world, God, we pray for wisdom. We lift them to you now in this time. starts to play, you can continue praying. You can talk to God about anything that's on your heart or your mind. He already knows. You don't have to worry about breaking some kind of bad news to him. He knows. Just talk to him. You can reflect on these words. You can listen as they lead us. You can stand and sing if you want, but this is a great time for you to do some business with the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. God, Thank you for these students. Thank you for these leaders. I pray just over the next three to four minutes that we would be so dialed into what you want to say to us. I pray that you would draw each of us one step closer to you. Give us a holy receptivity to what you have for us in this moment. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.